Hey, everybody. Welcome to It's Just Bodybuilding, episode 61. Of course, Dusty Hanshaw, myself, Big Ron Partlow. And we've got a great show for you today on It's Just Bodybuilding. How's that, Dusty? Ready to roll? I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I'm caffeinated today, but I don't even think we're in the danger of rants because I'm too tired. This is just going to get me to right here. Right, right. Here. right. So you're <laughs> you're drugged right up to baseline default conscious. It's just enough to walk. Yeah, it's perfect. Right. It's perfect. No, I uh, <laughs> I had a, a a busy weekend once again with uh, working on getting more content for the YouTube. So I had uh, Todd in town for four days. And uh, we filmed every single thing for four days. Did you, film, <laughs> did you film the hanging of the art? You know what? I had actually already had that guy come and do that. Oh, but I okay. did. I, but I did. I built. I built bar stools. Like you held a tool? Yeah, it was a, an Allen wrench, a hex. Yeah, and there were four of them, and you had to put the two pieces together, and yeah, it was complicated. So you put together an Ikea stool. But I like to say built. Because but you like sounds... to say built. And I actually went to the Home Depot. You uh, saw the wood and you st- you lacquered. And the... I took some yeah, pictures, yeah. but I didn't like buy anything. <laughs> so, yeah, I did that. And I even told uh, I told my friend, I was like, yeah, I even put together the couch. And he goes, your couch wasn't together? I was like, well, you know the legs. You got to twist them on. He's and like, did they, ever, the did, they ever, on. did they ever require a tool? I was like. No, no. <laughs> I did use a knife to open the box. Did you consider just leaving the couch on the floor a little extra low? Because I would have considered that. Mine is so low already is the problem. Okay. And exactly. the, uh, nothing ever. You never. You don't lose anything under the couch that way. And I hate this. I hate this new with the COVID. There's so many rules. Like so, the guys bring the couch in, and it's it's shipped by a shipping company. Not by the furniture company I ordered. We won't get into because if someone knows what I paid, they'd kill me. Um, but so they just like put it in your house in a box. They're like, deuces. I'm like, you going to take the box and all the plastic and all yeah, the garbage? Like, you going to leave all that shit with me? What the fuck am I going to do with this? But anyways, <laughs> yeah, so so we pretty much filmed all of that shit. So it was uh, it was good times. Uh, but I have now four days to recover because I catch a flight out to Marietta to train and film at Metroflex over there for four more days this weekend. Awesome! I'm glad you're. Uh, I'm glad you're getting out of the house, Dusty, and uh, you know, going and doing a bit of traveling to faraway lands. I'm getting on an airplane with a Yorkie. I mean, shit. With two Yorkies? Only one this trip. Only one. So how yeah, does that bring work? In, so well, we've been having a competition. I verbally explained to them the rules. I hope they speak English. Um, and it was based on who was killing it most at, at uh, school at Canine Games. And currently, Donna's in the lead. Uh, but the real reason also is Harvey doesn't give a shit if I leave him solo. He just, as long as with people, he's rocking. And the reason I'm only bringing one this trip is it's, it's actually because it's my first trip with one. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I actually want to make sure I am prepared because uh, they're still teaching me. Uh, it's actually difficult. But when you, you got to think about this, like when you have two dogs... Everything's by name. Yeah. So if I say Donna come and she comes and Harvey starts to move too, if I say off 
They both stop. Right. And then she's like, dude, you just told me to come. What the fuck's wrong with you? Right. You don't so wanna, I, you don't I, I'm actually verbally working on the fact that they are now smarter than me. They always were, but now they know. <laughs> um, <laughs> and getting that rolling. But uh, it's actually going to be fun. Plus, you know, I think uh, I think Marietta needs a Yorkie. I feel like that gym's pretty hardcore and they need something to soften it up a bit. Yeah. So yeah, well, I'm looking forward to hearing how this goes for you. Yeah, well, it'll, you know? it'll be on film, of course. You know my life. If it ain't, yes. it's I'm an Instagram warrior. If it wasn't, if if you ate a meal and nobody saw it, those no gains, no gains. Um, is there is there something wrong with my brain if I think both of those paintings behind you are Rorschach uh, tests, like those psychology ones? And I'm seeing like, <laughs> I was wondering why my psychiatrist gave me those. I've been looking at them for days. She's <laughs> saying, know. "What do you see?" And I'm like, "Well, they're clearly scenes of murders." Right. And I'm very curious, though, because I'm like, so who is the seven-year-old that painted these, and why are they so expensive? Craziness. <laughs> so what's going on in your world? Um, everything's going great, man. Um, you know, so I have uh, I've realized, I've mentioned this before, but today is a very solemn reminder that I've picked um, a little side hobby with the bike here. Yes. That is the first time I've ever picked something that's weather dependent in uh, a long, 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 long time. So I have afternoon today. I was like, fuck that, like an open afternoon, like between clients and calls and stuff. I'm, I got some time to go ride. Of course, Vancouver. Pouring. It's sunny and beautiful. Yes. <laughs> you know, whereas yesterday when I was booked up solid, super busy, you know, not no rain. Some so that's how it goes. So yeah, there's can't a we, can't we accomplish some of this stuff in the garage or the parking garage? Well, yeah. So I'm I you know I have to uh, scope out a suitable covered place to uh, you know go do my thing. Yeah, I was but gonna say there's, there's there's plenty. Of, now you're gonna have to load up the jeep with that, drive to like a shopping mall or something, arcade or something. Yeah. It's just funny because you know with bodybuilding, like all those years in Edmonton, it could be minus 40 Celsius with two feet of new snow, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to the gym. What, like, well, I, I would go to the grocery store also, so fuck it. My, let's do my Jeep started. The plow's gone down the road. I'm off to the gym, you know? <laughs> Nothing would stop you. So yeah, That's how I no, feel here with the rain. If it gets rainy, go- I'm like, I'll do it. I'm not scared. It's going good. Had another show on the weekend uh, with um, a client who did really good. She she cleaned up, so it's uh, off to Nationals, hopefully. Now they're hoping Nationals doesn't get canceled, you know? So there's just all this... Uh, stress you know a lot of competitors have you know they've done their first round now they got a show in they got qualified and now we got you know five six seven weeks to a couple different nationals here and uh and we're hoping that everything you know operates and and goes through smoothly so they are starting to shut down parts of canada again so out east they're closing all the gyms and doing all kinds of wacky shit again so we'll see what happens but um i i just you know everyone's just training and just moving forward and trying to stay focused and you know it's uh been a hell of a year man holy fuck just yeah, thinking I feel like it's just it's just brutal months. to to be you know what drives me crazy about that and it's it's the countries and the states and the provinces that are deciding this shit but um the whole point of the shutdowns initially was to figure out the long-term plan of how to deal with this. Not the shutdown wasn't supposed to be the plan. Yeah. If that's our only plan, then we're never cured because all that's going to happen is once we are re-released, 
then the numbers are going to go back up and then we're going to get shut down again. Like at some point you have to actually address the issue. You know what I mean? Yeah, Cause yeah, yeah. you know, here I'm hopeful that people are understanding that because I'm not, I feel like it's 50, 50 here. It's funny. Like we still have like, you're supposed to wear masks if you go in the store and shit like that. And, and we have, I, I literally think it's like 50, 50, like 50% of people are like, we should wear masks every day for the rest of our lives alone in our bedrooms. And then there's people like me that are like, fuck it, just live, see what happens. And the two people apparently don't like each other. I don't care if you want to wear a mask. That's cool. But uh, I don't. So <laughs> it's just an interesting uh, thing because, you know, we're not fixing anything. You're just kicking a can down the road and, and people's lives are stopping. I, I hope that the show goes on. I hope they figure out a way to be profitable because I do understand that point from a business standpoint. Like, I'm sorry, I can't put on a show and not make any money or lose money. Right, right. I did this yeah. for you guys. Well, not really. I mean, <laughs> I did and I didn't, you know. <laughs> well, like I said, we were we were expecting to lose some money on on our show because, you know, uh, no audience. We, yeah, <laughs> no audience. So we thought, well, you know, we already had a plan. We, you know, we wanted to make sure a show happened. So we thought, well, if we do take a bit of a loss on this, it'll actually help establish a show for next year because we want to do a double show again, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And we thought, well, let's just do it, you know. Right. But then the, the the pay-per-view sales were pretty good. So that really helped. Like, so right. we actually, you know, got away without really losing money. It was still a lot of work, but, you know, it's like really nice to be like, yeah. fuck. <laughs> we didn't lose our asses, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it worked out. But hopefully a lot of other promoters can do the same thing and pull off a show that way. And, um, you know, keep it, as far as bodybuilding goes, just keep our bubble supported. Keep things yeah. rolling. Like, I, you know, that's like we understand. I mean, we're kind of got used to it. You know, like we're not advertising at the gym. We're not doing any promotions because we can't just take another 500 members. Right. Or there'd be a lineup in the rain. Right. Right. So a lot of businesses and a lot of organizations and a lot of associations and a lot of stuff is everyone's just trying to like hold. Right. Like they don't want to backslide, but they also know they can't grow. They're just like in this weird zone where they're just like, let's just hold this for a few more months. And, and now we just... know what uh, what uh, classic physique guys feel like. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a tough like, fucking life. <laughs> gotta be 187 again. Like, it's hard. It's hard. You I want to be a better 187. But they I wanna, they want to eat. They want to eat a couple pizzas and put another 10 pounds on the bar, but they also got to be 187 again. <laughs> That's tough, so, man. I mean, because that is, and tough. this is just my opinion, but it's like in sports. You never play to not lose. So, like, if you go up a touchdown, I mean, you're a football guy. The worst thing you can do is now be like, okay, well, just don't let them score. It's like, well, of course, don't let them score, but you need to keep trying to score as well. Yeah. When you, if you yeah, fall yeah. into the mode of protection, you know, you're fucked. So that's a, that's a, it's just a tricky thing because I totally understand what you mean. It's like you I, literally what? cannot support 500 more members, or you're gonna have an issue. Do you, do you ever – so I want to ask a question just because you reminded me of something. Have you ever heard of like – you know, it happens in football a lot. And I guess in basketball, college and stuff it would happen. But where one team just starts crushing the other team. It's like 65 nothing in a football game or something. And the other team just keeps fucking scoring. Yeah. 71 nothing, 78 nothing, And they just keep ramming it. And then they get backlash after for running the score up. Yeah. You've heard, you've seen those cases, right? Yeah. 
I, I, I have always been the one where I'm like, you should pound that team into the most humiliating defeat of their fucking lives. Exactly. <laughs> and then they will never let it happen again. Like I don't, I would never ever understood the, 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 the not crush your opponent mentality. Well, step on their throat because the thing is also, and we all know this, I mean, know he goes a hundred, nothing and set a record. Yeah. Well, maybe you ever heard also though, then after the fact, when that happens, when someone will say, Hey, well, last time the Huskies got fucking de- demolished, they'll be coming for blood. Like, yeah, it, it should be a good thing when you come back. Now I don't get going to lose anyways. A loss is yeah. a loss. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't matters. But yeah, I also I've always just had this thing, the fear of uh, the the fear of a comeback. I mean, I yeah. get that there's points, but I mean, let's say at thirty nothing, you decided okay, it's time to back off, and it's football. Well, they get you know three quick conversions. They're at twenty one. You're like, shit. Well, I mean, it happens. It ha- it's happened many times. It's happened in Super Bowls. Yeah, we're in you a know, game like, now that we should, yeah, yeah. which if we had never let off the gas, because you know that too. I mean, there does come a point where you're just defeated. Yeah, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like, like if that if that 30 becomes a 50, it's like, all right, well, this is almost mathematically impossible now based <laughs> on time. So, no, I'm, I'm with you 100%, but that's the whole, uh, you know, fourth place ribbon mentality. You know, yeah. it's it's funny, yeah. but I have a I have a friend who uh, she used to compete in uh, in women's physique, and she won everything. She was natural. She win win win. So she goes to nationals, natural, hundred percent natural, and uh, takes fourth. And she comes home, and uh, her son was like, I think he was five or something. He's like, well, let me see your trophy. So she gives it to her. He looks at it and he goes, that's not first. And she goes, no, it's not. And That's she was my boy. So, she was so happy. <laughs> like, <laughs> he understands the way this shit works. Like, yeah. nope, it's That's not. Funny. That's funny. That's a good lesson for a kid. Yeah, I was I was like, I mean, if that would have been me, I'd be like, tear, and that's a tear of happiness. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> how's your how's your training itself been? It's good, but I'm 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 struggling. Uh, and what I mean by that is so I entered into the two a days for a couple of reasons. One, truthfully, is I had just struggled to click this year. I think just so many moving pieces and whatever excuses of bullshit. Um, so I realized that going into two a days would put me in that bodybuilding realm where it's like my entire life because my day is 26 hours of shit and 24 hours. Um, so let's add more to it and make it harder to fit because you know how it is. You become efficient. Well, within two weeks, I was bodybuilding, like meals on point, everything on point. I mean, there wasn't a time that there was egg whites even running low in the fridge. You know what I mean? So that fit. The training is really good. Uh, Now I'm extremely healthy joints and everything like that. But I had put on I mapped out when I was going to start my next like blast of really pushing uh, for size and strength again. And I want to do it now. But it's not time yet. Oh. <laughs> so, and I'm so sticking you, to it because I, I have a days? plan. Yeah, I am. I, I've been, I backed them off during the filming because we had so much to cover. The essentially four hours of training and driving digs too much into my time. Um, but yeah, no, it's, we're, we're still doing that. We're going to run two a days for, uh, 
essentially another two weeks, then back into like a light cruise and then it's, uh, it's all out. So it's worked well because my training partners are, their bodies are starting to feel better as well. Mine's a little not human, so it doesn't really, I'm not, it does, I don't, I don't typically have as many issues. Plus I stay ahead of the game with my therapy work. Like it's weekly. So I think that's a huge mistake. A lot of people make if they have the finances to do it is, um, getting therapy when they need it. I want to get therapy so I don't need it. You know, (laughs) I always, I always looked at it like the same way I used to tell my employees that they had to mop the floor every night. And I had one guy go, well, it doesn't need it. I'm like, that's the point. That's why it doesn't need it. Yeah. It doesn't need it. Cause I have visually need it. Yeah. If it ever needs to get fired. (laughs) If if I ever come in and I think the floor needs to be mopped and that's a problem. Yeah. So it's the same with that. I, um, I had a bit of a back injury. I don't know if I mentioned that to you last week. No. Yeah, that's because I don't mention stuff like that, right? Um, <laughs> no, not, not even a mention, actually. <laughs> Why would I mention a back injury? So I was about three, about three weeks now, maybe, maybe up to a month ago. I uh, was getting out of the leg press one day, and I felt like that horrible stabbing pinch in the top inside corner of my glute. Mm-hmm. When you're like, oh, fuck, I just did something to my fucking low back. Right. You know, it's like you don't know whether it's a glute muscle or whether you, you're like L5S1 just slid or <laughs> like you just you just don't fucking know. Right. And I'm like, oh, great. This is such a fun injury that I've had, you know, probably a dozen times over the course of my life. And um, Sometimes it's one of those things where you get that, you know, like a bit of sciatic for a couple of days and then it's just gone. You stretch it out, you get a massage. Yep. Boom. You're good. No, I was like, it was in there. Yeah. I'd, I'd be sitting in a chair and I'd all of a sudden like move and I'd be like, oh, fuck. And I'd have to like find a spot. I'd have to be like, oh, fuck. And I'd have to like move around in my seat until the, the stabbing, the stabbing pain stopped. Right. I'd wind up sitting like sideways in my seat with my one leg straight. You know, I'm visualizing this as you're saying it, because I've always wondered when when I'm stumbling around in my life like that, like if someone were to walk in and like, what? Yeah. Fuck is going on. Writhing around in your chair with that look on your face like, oh, (laughs) and uh, it's a terrible five minutes of your life. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, I was like, oh, fuck, you know, how did that happen? Right. And um and then about a week later, it calmed down, calmed right down. And I went out to ride my bike one day. And I did, I warmed up and I did one tail whip and it fucking hit me again. Oh, God. And I was like, oh, fuck. That's probably what caused it. Is I, you know, last week I did 200 tail, tail whips. whips. Yeah. <laughs> and, a whole, and it's probably, I was like fucking irritated the shit out of something and then just getting out of the leg press that day, it fucking went, you know? So I realized I'm like, oh, okay, of course, this is probably related to the, you know, it's probably a sudden overuse injury from yeah. riding my bike. Yeah, for sure. You know, clearly, I mean, it's I'm not gonna be an idiot, but so I was like, okay, so I didn't ride for like five days. It happened to rain that whole fucking week. So the gods of cycling were it was with okay, you. right? I was like, this is probably a blessing, right? And just fucking, it kind of started going, and then my hip, and I got this fucking hip pain, like a pinched nerve in my hip, and it was absolutely fuck it was like a nine out of ten man like i would stand up and it would hit me 
and I would take my breath away and I'd have to grab the table and I'd be like, Oh fuck, 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 fuck. Like it was, a, it was powerful. And I was really worried about that. I was like, Oh fuck. And then I thought they were connected. I thought, is that the same nerve? Right. And then, but now I'm pretty convinced it was two separate overuse injuries, both from riding my bike. So listen, people, before all these, I, I feel young guys quitting bodybuilding right now as they hear us two old that guys was, complaining. I've, it's pos- riding a bike. Positive it's not, is riding my not, bike. It's not from bodybuilding. But I was going to tease you earlier when you said, I went out to ride my bike because that's just not something you hear most 42-year-old no, guys no, it's say. So, like, funny. <laughs> so funny. My brother texted me the other day. He said, oh, uh, sorry about missing your birthday yesterday. I hope it was a good one. What would you get up to? And I said, well, I lifted weights and rode my BMX bike. So pretty much the same thing I did when I was 16. (laughs) I fucking love that, dude. (laughs) That's the greatest line ever because it's so true. Fucking true. I realized that I sat there going, what have I done with my life? You know what's no. funny though is is that to me that's that I call that success because I tell I I always tell people I said I've avoided growing up since I was supposed to and it's been yeah, working. Yeah, my, my one buddy said <laughs> my one buddy texted me he goes happy birthday Peter Pan. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah, you found a way to make a living doing the things that you were always already doing. So just kind of funny, but anyways, the moral of the story is that by stretching and continuing to move not laying in bed, continued to move. You know, I still trained legs. I just did a bunch of extensions and some really light single leg presses one day, you know, mm-hmm. continuing to move, continuing to, you know, train, uh, stretch, ice, uh, took some Advil for a few days. I feel pretty fucking good now. I seem to be back at everything. I trained legs yesterday, went super fucking hard, feel good today. So, you know, the the guys that aren't stretching, the guys that aren't taking care of themselves, the guys that are waiting to get hurt, um, you know, it's definitely uh, not the best strategy. Have you tried, um, and I'm just curious, or what your tissue guy said, uh, like flossing to, to make sure both sides are equally open before you start? Yeah. Because so obviously the, you're never going to be doing things equally. Yeah. So on the, a hip, bike. the hip that was fucking killing me, that's like my standing leg. Mm hmm. That's the leg that I prefer because you know, everyone's right-handed or left-handed. It's like a skateboarder stands one way or another way. Yeah. I tend to use my left foot to stand and my right foot to balance. Right. So the standing leg was the hip that had that fucking shooting pain in it. Right. So clearly that's like just, you know, I've irritated the shit out of something and it fucking got inflamed and pressed on my femoral, femoral nerve. That's what my massage therapist said. Right. He said, that's my, he goes, that's your femoral nerve. He's that's a big fucking nerve. But yeah, something got inflamed. Enough to hit it and yeah, piss and then it off. Piss it off, yeah. So you got to calm that shit down, Dusty. Yeah, I had a, I had a bone to pick with you the other day because I was uh, I was in the midst of 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 working on some stuff in the house, and then you posted uh, a clip of like this is this is the kind of riding I was into. Oh, right? so I clicked it. Well, then I just went down the rabbit hole. Then I clicked another one. Then I clicked another one. Then I watched 45 minutes of dudes doing flatland bicycling. I'm like, shit, I've got things to do. They're fucking awesome, aren't they? <laughs> I mean, but the funny thing is, is it looks completely effortless. Like, they just so do, do, do. I'm like, how the fuck do that? These are, I mean, you could see that it's anything but, but to see them do it is, comp- I'm like, I'm, I'm just, I, I it literally, I mean, you know, I don't, 
I don't have any interest in BMXing, but I like people who are excellent at anything. Yeah, I literally looked at the clock and I was like, shit, I need to eat and get back to work. Plus, plus (laughs) the the era that I love, that mid-school era, which is kind of considered like like 92 to 2004 is kind of the mid-school era riding. Mm -hmm. Um, The style of riding they were doing with all the tire scuffing and that that was just the style. They don't really do that now. The guys now, they just roll. They pump their leg to get more speed. They don't scuff the tire. It's like a different style of riding. But the, the, the stuff I love, all the clips are put to awesome Old school hip hop. Your music, yeah. <laughs> like, wasn't some of the music they used in those oh, God. just the best? Well, I, like, I don't even know how I got, but I got to one guy. I, dude, I ended up on people's pages and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm just rolling through them. Now I'm following people. I don't even, like, downloading, <laughs> I'm downloading music. I'm like, oh, I forgot about that Snoop album. <laughs> Let me get that Snoop album. <laughs> you got Shazam going while you're fucking yeah, watching. He says, yeah, yeah. So I know ra- rabbit holes are good. Is it? You know, you went down a BMX rabbit hole the same way I spent the last fucking two weeks down an Eddie Van Halen rabbit hole. Yeah, literally, I was dying though because I laughed. I got done and I'm like, "How does this?" Because this is what happens to me all the time. Like when people are like, "You don't watch TV," I'm like, "I don't have time." No, but I end up wasting my time doing other shit. <laughs> also, you're like me though, Dusty. We one thing that we have in common that I know for a fact is you don't give a shit about tennis, but you think the best tennis players in the world playing a finals championship is fucking awesome oh for sure yeah, yeah right then that's and you and i have that in common like some people just go i don't like tennis and i'm like yeah i don't really give a shit about tennis i don't even know the rules but i know that these two guys serve 130 miles an hour and they're smashing them at one another right now for the biggest title in the world i would watch that yeah no, i watched the i watched the uh the 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 uh, uh dodgers game last night same reason atlanta i don't watch baseball and we come in and it's Sixth inning, fifth inning, watch the whole game. Right, right. Because I was like, well, well, the World Series on the line, and this is like, and I know all this stuff just from passing because it's the U.S. and you know about baseball. And next thing you know, I'm watching, you know, an hour and a half of baseball. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. uh, I appreciate people that are amazing at what they do. Yeah. So, which I I appreciate them finding out what they were getting paid. Todd, Todd is a huge baseball guy. He goes, oh yeah, he just signed a uh, ten-year deal. And I was like, he's like, he's making a ton. I was like, how much? Siri, what does so-and-so make this year? Oh, 37 million. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's like a 10-year <laughs> like deal for 300 million. Yeah. Something crazy. Yeah. 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 I mean, you're just sitting there, you know, or you're watching and it's like, oh, yeah, this pitcher, you know, the announcer's like, oh, yeah, this pitcher's, uh, this is his 16th uh, postseason game. Uh, his first one being when he was 20. He's 22 now. I'm like, I'm such a fucking loser. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, this kid is like, I'm like, I have converse in my closet that are 20 years old. Um, yeah, I, know. <laughs> I know. I know. But, uh, but no, it's awesome because, like you said, though, I have zero interest in baseball. I might not watch a single game for the, for the uh, World Series, but I was entrapped last night and, yeah. of course, needed all the info. Well, who the fuck is that? Why is that guy so important? You know, poor, poor Todd. It's a good thing he fucking loves it. You know what? <laughs> people who love baseball and know all this, they adore watching games with people like you, Dusty. <laughs> no, he was stoked because it's all in his brain. And I'm like, because, you know, I mean, truthfully, I hate to say this as we're as we're on a body link podcast. But when I go out with people, I'm like, please tell me about your life. 
I don't want to say a goddamn thing about mine. <laughs> I talk about me and my life every day, all day as a job. Right. It's not exciting. Right. <laughs> Unfortunately, my friends are completely uninterested in bodybuilding. So like, perfect. Let's talk about me. Right. <laughs> so what, what, what did you think of the Chicago pro? Well, I thought it was named improperly because it was in Atlanta. Um, but <laughs> I think we need to stop lying to each other. Number one, I actually, I actually forgot about that. <laughs> no, but I, I thought the show was freaking amazing. Um, as you know, I love Akeem, so seeing uh, him win made me yeah. super stoked. Um, yeah. I didn't have him winning. I And again, I'm not there, but I thought Justin was going to win. Um, obviously, things are different in person, and it was also very, very tight. And then it appears on the scorecard that it wasn't that tight because Akeem won, clearly. Um, but they were both phenomenal. And what I really loved was you look at the top four or five guys and in other shows any of them could have won the last two shows have been absolutely awesome yeah i mean there's something to be said about you know it's like locally here we used to have three shows all year and the quality to win the arizona open was a big deal well now there's eight and i'm always waiting for a bodybuilder walkout and i'll watch a whole show without seeing a real bodybuilder and i'm like huh that sucks. And that never used to happen because there were only three shows and there was pride in winning that one. Well, I think with the shows so low this year, the the guys are coming in and man, nobody appears to have lost anything from COVID because these dudes were nuts. Well, Akeem, Akeem's like, I'm super happy he won that show, man. I always look forward to seeing him in his greatest you know when he's in really great shape which he has been consistently like what yeah. last three or four shows yeah he's been good and uh i trained with akeem once for a mutant on a mission at diamond gym in new jersey mm-hmm. it was awesome we had a great time he's a really cool dude uh smart guy too you know um he's not at all what you would expect because he is literally one of the nicest dudes you'll ever meet he's so like, funny i still super, remember super nice <laughs> i still remember he was working with palumbo that at that for that show why do we um, not have him on the show? We need to get him on the show. Yeah, we got to get him on the show. He was absolutely Sorry. peeled. It was like, I think he won the show and qualified for the Olympia. That was like, the sh- so it was like two weeks out from that show. I trained with him. And I remember he was showing me his legs. He was just like in the mirror and then Diamond Jam and fuck, man. He was so huge. And his meal, he was working with Palumbo. He had this little tiny dish <laughs> and he had like, like, a small child's handful of green beans. Right. And like, oh man, it must have been like five or six ounces of chicken. Like it was a small chicken breast. Yeah. And a quarter cup of rice. And he's like, oh, I got carbs in this meal. And I was like, <laughs> this meal? That's, that's very as, as, as he proceeded to get out chopsticks to eat the 17 grains of rice. <laughs> he was suffering. And that was like his post-workout. Like That, that was quarter, the big meal. That was quarter, the big meal. Quarter cup of rice was for that body post-workout. He was suffering, yeah. And you could just – he was just like so dead. But he was a good sport about it, being on camera and stuff. And he, he, uh, he kept his sense of humor. And then as soon as we were done filming, he was just like – <laughs> I put that face on for you. Yeah. yeah. And he, I mean, you know, what's crazy too is, uh, Akeem is so much freakier than you even realize. Oh man. He crazy. I like, mean, in person, it's like a lot of people probably think like 
I, I mean, you know, you look at the photos and Justin looks amazing and Akeem looks amazing. And I get what you mean. Like, I looked at some photos. I thought, oh, Justin looks like he might win this. Yeah. But I totally understand that when you're there in person, Akeem is just so fucking big. Yeah. One, his waist is so small. And yeah, he's awesome. And the muscle. I mean, it's, it's the depth. muscle on muscle on muscle. And, yeah, I mean, it, it just I just don't think that you you can put into understanding how large he is until you stand there and you're like, you know, plus what I love is, of course, Akeem supports uh, my view on bodybuilding because he is. I think he might be the strongest bodybuilder there is. Yeah, that's another thing. I would have a hard time. I mean, it's funny because people will always be, you know, God, you got to be the strongest bodybuilder. I'm like, no. Like, I know guys. I know guys. Good movements. Yeah, but really, I know yeah. guys who are overall just stronger. And I'm like, no, yeah, I can think of guys three out off there top with, of my head. <laughs> guys out there that move a lot of weight on leg day or there's guys out there that press a lot or there's guys out there that have a lot of, you know, strength. And then there's a couple guys that move, like, insane weights on every single exercise. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like, that's that's Akeem. That's Hollingshead. Like, Hollingshead and Akeem, it's like – I'm a good puller. And they're like, yeah, yeah. You know, the, I'm not a good presser. Oh, I am. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Or if they said they weren't, you were like, well, that's just a lie. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I mean, it was great to see them. Um, I was happy to see um, I was happy to see Nick Walker do really well. Um, I, I think I like someone who can come in and, and know they can make an impact. Um, and and come into a show that deep and they didn't make any mistakes. They were just guys that were better. Yeah. You know, like he was on, he was on, on, on. Yeah. I think Um, he looked better than the last show. Oh, for sure. For sure. He did drier. And, uh, the only one I wanted to mention, I forgot was, uh, Max Charles. Like he landed third, right? Yeah. And he was a guy who a couple years ago just couldn't consistently nail it. It was always good because he's just that talented. But now it's, I mean, every show I'm like, I think that was his best one. And then I see the next one, I'm like, I think that was his best one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you and know? it, it, it kind of goes to, you know, like he's working with Milos now, right? Yeah, they found, so, they found their sweet spot. So clearly they work well together. And that's the thing about coaches. You know, some people say, oh, this coach sucks or that coach sucks or whatever. And it's like, well, it depends on who they're working with. Like, not everyone is the best coach for everyone else. What I and, give him credit to, because he had the balls to move around a little bit. You know, we all talk trash to people who bounce coach to coach to coach. Like, oh, they're looking for the secret. But you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. So now that he has found his perfect groove, and I, I mean, I know a handful of the people that he's worked with. Um, and he's had good results, but they were still hit or miss with multiple coaches. And now I look and I, well, I know for a fact that that Max was doing what he was told 100% every time, and it wasn't always working because now it is always working. Right. So you know, because sometimes I you get that. I, mean, I know you've gotten it. I've had it before where someone says, "I need to go in another direction." I'm thinking the direction you should go in is follow the fucking plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're not even listening to me. So yeah, yeah. I agree. You should thought. go do something else because you're not doing what I'm doing. So fuck it. Yeah. But yeah. in this case, I think by seeing his results, it's like it's a safe bet. He always was. And it just wasn't always working. So he had the the understanding to keep looking and, and he tried something that worked because, I mean, Milos has got he has great success with the guys he has success with. Whereas I look at a guy like Aceto 
And I feel like overall his consistency is better. But I don't know that that there's as many people that like came to him and then all of a sudden. Right. You know what I mean? mean. What uh, what do you think of the Flex Lewis news? (sighs) I'm disappointed. (laughs) So have you heard what the injury is yet? Has he said Uh, he hasn't said I know uh, they're saying some people who are allegedly in the know are saying it's a shoulder injury. Um, I don't want to be quoted on that because I I haven't talked to Flex. Like, you know, he he messaged me that he's excited that we got YouTube videos coming. But I but I wasn't going to be like, so now that we're talking, how's your how's your injury? Um, But what I think truthfully is uh, I'm disappointed as a fan. I'm disappointed as a friend because I know. Flex was dying to get back to it, um, but I I think he'll heal and become even better because a lot of people don't realize this, but I don't know how, but Flex is an obsessive competitor in everything. Yeah, like in everything. I think you know Flex would want to beat you at badminton for sure, um, and darts. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, so it's like. I think that the fun-loving uh, person, people don't realize is he's also a nasty motherfucker that wants to be the best at everything. Um, so I think all you're going to see is a 2021 version that's ridiculous. Um, and you know what? Shit happens. I mean, at the end of the yeah. day. And I'm, I mean, he's fortunate to have his wife and the team he has around him. Because I think, and no offense, Flex, if you hear this, but he would have had a hard time stopping regardless of what was happening unless someone that he trusted was like, Hey, yeah. I, well, he sort of said that, you know, he said his wife like called Neil and that's sort of the impression I got was his wife talked to Neil and like explained to Neil how serious it actually was. Which is, Neil, I like, told, you know, you could see that though. I mean like yeah. Emily sees you get out of the table and doing all this shit. But when you get to the gym, you, you push through. So it yeah, looks yeah, fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we, yeah. and I think like he did say in the video, um, we push through. So it's hard to differentiate, particularly when you just want something to be what you want it to be. I have to stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? This is the first time that I know of in his career that he's ever been forced to stop. Um, one thing I'm grateful for for him is that it was 10 weeks out, not two. Yeah. You know, wow, because then it's, all, then it's impossible. Then, you, then you're like, no. I'm then you do it with the fucking injury. Yeah, and then if yeah. you're not a perfect, if it doesn't come out perfect, you also can't say anything because then it's an yeah. excuse. Yeah. So I'm just glad you know that they just hit it. I you know truthfully though, I know, and I don't know why, and I'm sure we'll find out why, but um, I just wish he would have come out and said what was wrong, or at least said it's a shoulder. We don't know fucking what's wrong. Right. Because what I, what I always think of is the speculation is always a train wreck. You know, <clears throat> yeah, I haven't really heard any people like speculating, but, uh, you know, yeah. I'm sure there is a lot. But they do, because I've had plenty of people tell me they they've hit me up and like, oh, I think it's this. And I'm like, based on what? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, what? Do you, yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> so but no, it's uh, it sucks. But um, but man, watching everyone else that's coming in, I have, I have a feeling it's going to be an insane Olympia. I can't wait. It's it's going to be the uh, it's my most anticipated pay-per-view of the year. <laughs> That's the other thing that sucks is like the realization, like I've had a lot of people, are you going to go? And my knee jerk now is no, because unless I have a yeah. press pass, 
I'm not going to Vegas to watch it from my room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'd have to quarantine for 14 days when I returned. So. Yeah, you're definitely not going. Definitely not going. Um, hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for watching another podcast here at Think Big Bodybuilding Media. And thank you to our great sponsor, TrueNutrition.com, for making this all possible. TrueNutrition.com is owned by Dante Trudell, the creator of DC Training. He wanted to create a supplement company that offered high-quality third-party tested supplements at a fair price. High-quality protein powders, just about every type you could think of. Huge variety of flavors, plus health and performance supplements. Check them out, TrueNutrition.com. And hey, if you use our code ADVICES, you directly support our podcasting. Thanks, guys. Let's get back to the program. Um, so let's, we got a lot of questions, but I also had a few things here written down that we could talk about because they were on my mind. Do you want to go with uh, questions to start? Or yeah. do you want me to start? You, you start. You hit me with what you got. I'm going to pull mine up here. Okay. Let me find it. Da, 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 da. Okay. Opening, opening. There we go. There we go. Oh, let's start with this one. It's a fun one. A new one. You know how you look at your questions and then you close it? Mm -hmm. And then you reopen it a minute later and there's a new one? Yes. Okay. I was going to start with a different one, but here's a new one. You can only pick one song on repeat for the rest of your training days. What and why? Okay. Damn it. This is gonna this is gonna surprise you. This okay. is this is gonna throw you off. But uh and I gotta check the name of it real quick so I don't rape this. But uh DMX. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. And uh X gonna give it to you. And the reason is when I first the started unedited having, version. I didn't even know there was an edited version. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't uh, think there could be. The, the reason for that is uh, when I first started getting into deadlifting, I had a studio, a uh, training studio. And that was the – like I would literally go to the go to it and push play okay. before before I hit my heavy set every fucking day. Awesome. <laughs> and, and now I probably couldn't tell you the last time I actually heard that song. But if it comes on – it's like a scent or something where it immediately puts me back. It triggers you. And I'm like, oh, shit. About to, about to get. And the funny thing is in my head, I'm like, oh, shit. About to get 585 for three. Here we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> 405 for 10. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because that was like, all right, we got to get after this. And now you're looking back and it's kind of funny because I'm like, oh, yeah. It's, if I don't want to get too heavy, I start with that. <laughs> and I listen to Sarah McLaughlin while doing it. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Keep yourself calm enough to perform the exercise correctly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what about you? Oh, oh, shit. I don't know. It's I hard mean, to get it to one, right? Yeah, yeah. Say Hell's Bells or something. You know, something with a, a, cra a really solid riff that I could tap my foot to, but still energizes me. So let's go with Hell's Bells. I'd with, do that. Without, because you can't actually tap your foot because you're working. Right, right. But I, 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 I do this in the gym all the time. I'm always like, I like the guys. There was a guy in the gym the other day. You know, I trained uh, a little air guitar sometimes it's just see, for a second. I, I like the guys who like they're, they got their headset on yeah. and they're sitting there and you see them. And then all of a sudden they're like, come at me, motherfucker. And I'm like, Oh, Oh, they right. They're so singing. you're not sure. Oh, <laughs> you're not sure if they're singing the rap lyrics <laughs> or if they're singing, you know how the rapper has that side guy that just yells yeah. stuff out? 
They're just hit his parts, right? Yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> it's funny as hell because I'm like, you know, we can hear you, right? Give it up, give it up for no this reason. Is a, this is a 9,000 square foot gym, and there's 17 of us in here. <laughs> just saying. I I'm appreciate asking. those people because I'm like, look, look at you not giving a shit. I would never do that. <laughs> Let's see here. Bum, 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 bum. Oh, this is this is a good one, dude. Uh, how many of the principles, food training, etc., for a pro bodybuilder apply to the hobbyist gym bro? So this is how I explain things. If you want to get the most out of your hobby, you should look to the very top, the people that get the most out of everything. And there's so much to learn. So my example was someone was like, oh, I don't want to get too big. So I don't want to, like, take advice from a guy like you. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And my advice was, well, let's say you were trying to run faster, just a little bit faster. Like, let's say you haven't run in a few years. You go and you run and you're like, wow, I suck at running. You know, when you haven't done something for you haven't run for 10 years and now you're trying to run again. Right. Do you think that? an Olympic gold medal sprinter could give you some pretty good tips that you could probably knock a second off your sprint in like a day. Right. And you wouldn't get too fast. <laughs> no, I, I follow a hundred percent. That's, that's my advice. You know, the, the average gym bro, look at the big picture of what the top pros do. They have a purpose when they go in the gym, right? You can do mm -hmm. that. You can have a purpose. You should have a purpose. Why are you going? Yep. Dorian used to say, I come here and lift weights to grow muscle tissue. That is it. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. So your reason might be grow some muscle, lose some fat, have some fun. That's great. But just know what your reason is. Mm -hmm. Right? So have a purpose. Uh, consistency. That's another thing that all the pros can agree on. Yep. Whether high volume guys, DC guys, keto guys. <laughs> Carb guys, doesn't fucking matter. Consistency. Okay, well, that's something you can take from all of them because they all agree on it. Yep. So whatever your plan is, you have to follow it consistently. Day after day after day after day after day, that's how you get results. Um, so there's there's things that you can there, – there's concepts and philosophies that you can take from the top pros that you should take. They should be the first things you adopt because mm -hmm. they're, the, they're, they're, the, they're the first things they adopted when they started out on their journey – Right. You know? So, so yeah, yeah. I thought I'd throw that in there for you. I caught it. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, there's, there's a lot that you can take from the top pros. You don't have to take a shot of insulin at 9:28 AM, 20 minutes before you start your first set. Like you don't have to like get the complicated bullshit. It's not about that. It's the fact yeah. that whatever their plan is, they're extremely consistent. They follow it. They have mental discipline. You know, so you can practice all of those things and exercise all those things. Your, your, your macro count that your coach gave you where you're allowed to have so many grams of carbs a day and you got your Fitbit counting them for you, that's fine. Just be consistent. You know, follow the plan. That's, that's the stuff you can take as a gym bro from, from the pros is have a goal. Write it down. Be on a mission. This is all stuff you can do while you're managing your normal life as a gym bro. Well, I think you chase you chase your your goals, <clears throat> you know, you said establish them and chase them as if 
they're the thing. You know what I mean? I think that's the 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 one difference is you set the goal of what it is, and if you chase after it as hard as you choose to, mm-hmm. that'll be how long or if you're even successful in getting it. So yeah, you know, run, run it down because I think that that's the the misconception that you're going to fuck up and get bigger than you meant to. <laughs> yeah is is not gonna happen i know that we've all had that i used to have that with uh in the stores you know i used to own the retail stores and i would always have a lady come in and she'd be like yeah, i just i don't want to get too big and i would always say i'd say hey did you ever date a guy that wanted to get huge and they're typically like yeah yeah i'm like did he ever do it and they're like no it's like okay you're not gonna do it on an accident <laughs> Like, so let's just think about that. Your 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 boy was going for it, and it he was going happened. for it, and he just didn't really get any better, did he? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so you're not gonna be like, oh fuck. She woke up. She's like, my arm is 17 inches. Damn it. Right, 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 right. <laughs> was not the plan, but yeah, I, I agree with you 100 what you said. So, I, I have nothing to add to that one. Shockingly, um, <clears throat> I do have something that we could talk about uh, training wise, though. Shoot. Um, exercise selection. So I just sort of noticed like the last couple of weeks, I've had a couple of random members in the gym. Mm-hmm. They've stopped me and asked me like, am I doing this right? And normally when that happens, you just watch them. You go, actually, you got to move your feet a bit and you try to keep your hips down, you know, that sort of stuff, right? Yeah. But I had two incidences where I was like, ah, fuck it. Why are you doing this exercise? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, I'm trying to get, you know, bigger triceps. I'm like, this is a terrible exercise. <laughs> <laughs> this is a waste of your time. I would take this exercise, throw it in the garbage. And they're like, why? And I'm like, no constant tension. No, no tension in the stretch. You know, right. very Go difficult to stay. Yeah. yeah, very difficult to stabilize. You know, just, you know, and the fact that this seven minutes that you're spending doing tricep kickbacks with a dumbbell, old school, bent over. I hate those. I hate those. I hate those. Go ahead. I'm like, take your body, stand your body up, keep your elbow at your side, pull from a high cable, step back a bit, push back. Now you're in exactly the same position, (laughs) except you're standing instead of being bent over with your face full of blood. (laughs) <laughs> there's so and, many movements that way where you're like and and the tension <laughs> yeah and i showed the guy I go now the tension is constant yep there's the bottom of your rep is now tight whereas when you bent over with that dumbbell it was a complete waste of your fucking time you almost had to curl your bicep to get the dumbbell up yep and i just showed him that and his jaw was just like and i was like yeah i haven't done a tricep kickback with a dumbbell in 29 years and i've been training for 30 Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because at some point I realized how much this did not make sense to do. (laughs) It's like an exercise that's only hard at the like the last inch of contraction if you do them right. Yeah. I always looked at it as you're executing that worthless exercise perfectly. Right. Right. (laughs) That's just an example. Right. So it made me think about exercise selection and, you know, people that aren't that they totally mean well, like, they're just following a book that's got a list of tricep exercises and they just happen to pick that one, give it a go, and they kind of like it for whatever reason, but they don't realize that like, pretty much every other exercise on that list is way more superior 
for stressing the tricep or whatever. That's just an example. Yeah, no, I but, do the same thing with my programs when I'm writing for people. Um, I start out with depend. I've got a handful of programs written um, that fit everyone. And then they'll run them for nine, 12 weeks. And they're like, okay, I'm ready for a change. I'm like, nope, we're not changing. What we're doing is adjusting. So now yeah. you're going to send me a list of which of those exercises you felt absolutely nothing from. And without any questions, I'm going to throw them away and replace them. Right. Because I don't care why. If you didn't like them, you didn't like them. Unless I start to see a pattern of, oh, you don't like anything that's hard. Um, <laughs> right. Right. But overall, and that's essentially the same thing because – like you said, if you're not feeling it, rather than me negotiate and find a way to make you love this movement that I think is the holy grail, which is none. Um, all right. What did you not like about that? Okay, perfect. Then I have a replacement. Here it is. Yeah. And, and yeah. now you have a the custom program you were looking at, and we changed three things out of 46. Right. You know what I mean? And we're good to go. So I love that example because you're, you're right. You don't, you don't think – I've, I've used to do the same thing. So I used to do uh, a cable kickback off the right. cable. You'd bend yeah. over, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. one day I went, why am I bending over? Why don't I just stand up and use a high one? It's the same. It's the exact same. But you were still, you were still 10 miles ahead of the dumbbell kickback. Yeah. Yeah. No, because you, you found like, okay, I need the constant tension. But I guess that's the progression, right? A dumbbell kickback is leaned forward. Well, I'm going to do the same thing with perfect tension. Right. So I'm going to go over here and do it. And then one day you go... Well, I'm dumber than shit. I'm going to stand up. <laughs> I'm a lazy man, and leaning forward is more effort. So let's not do that. <laughs> right. I saw, awesome. a good, I saw a good post the other day. It was the girl sitting forward in the, the adductor, the abductor yep. machine abductor, pushing yeah. out. Mm -hmm. And he was like, um, you say you feel your glutes in this. You don't. You feel your piriformis. That's the only muscle doing any movement. Your glutes are flexing just to stabilize your hip joint. They're not doing anything else. This is not a glute exercise. This is a piriformis exercise. This is doing absolutely nothing for your glutes. Fucking stop doing it. Like you just went off on it. Just tirated on the exercise. Yeah. And then you like, you swipe over and it's a Bulgarian split squat. Yep. And he's like, this will destroy your glute. And like it will. Just Fuck. like, and, and. You know, it's totally right. The amount of time people put into um, exercises that really don't have um, enough of an overload application to cause any sort of adaptation. Here's one I hate is the squat where they drive their hips forward and squeeze the glutes from the. Yeah, setup. like mm -hmm. like even even past standing straight. They're not yeah. even standing straight. They're like rolled under. Yeah, and I'm like, so if you want to do that, we should put a cable around your hips, walk forward, you know what I mean? Like, Bam, I can, I can yeah. make that what you're wanting to do work, but you're actually getting rest. Yeah, and you're actually not good to put your spine in a dangerous as shit. And, 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 and I always remind people it's a it's a very basic principle. Which way does gravity work? Right, straight up and down. Yeah. So anything that's not fighting against that straight up and down, it might not be completely worthless, but there's a more efficient way to do it. Yeah. So let's get to that way, a way that efficiently works what you're trying to work better. Yeah, because I see that all the time, and, and it's perpetuated by people are wanting something different, you know? Yeah. There really is, um, I think, one of the biggest plagues with – exercise selection especially with newer people um you know us older guys are gro already grouchy about it 
But there seems to be this um, desire for endless variety. Mm -hmm. And the body just simply isn't made like that. Like, what does your quad do? It only has one function to fire. (laughs) It only has, it has a knee joint, and then there's only one head of the quad has a hip joint. Mm -hmm. So, like, there's only so much. What does your bicep do? Like, it only does two things. Like, there's only so many exercises we can come up with. Um, That Now, there's all sorts of fancy ways that you can, if you're training for functional strength and stability and stuff, then you could put yourself in all kinds of other wacky positions as long as you know what you're doing. But, you know, people that are like, on, you know, doing suitcase carries on one side and stuff. They're just trying to de- to stabilize their body. But if you're trying to grow muscle, you have to be stable so that you can exert maximum force against yep. a challenging load. Mm-hmm. So if you have injuries that make you unstable, then, for example, let's say you've had a shoulder that you separated three times and had surgery on once. Right. And it's just not that stable. You should be using a lot more machines for chest right? because your stability is going to be the limiting factor for how much you can load your pecs. Right. More than more than the load. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you're never going to be able to really get the most out of those sets with the free weights because Mm -hmm. that's the limiting factor. But if you go into, say, some, you know, good machines that are, you know, properly made, like, you know, good Atlantis plate loaded presses or a good hammer machine or something, then your stability becomes less of a factor and you can exert more force into the load. So that's just how I think about movement and Mm -hmm. trying to grow muscle. So it's really not that complicated, but you you have to be stable so that you can exert maximum force, which is why training on machines is actually like, I think people like, you know, the old, old school thing, free weights over machines, I get it because it's good to have that base stability and, and strength and stuff. But for especially for older bodybuilders, like look at the results Dexter's getting training on nothing but machines. Yep. You know, so we have to be aware that, you know, there's not an infinite variety of stuff to do. Your chest does this flies, presses. That's it. That's all your chest yeah. does. <laughs> yeah. When it's finding a way to, to feel that the most I just did, uh, I was telling you before we started, <clears throat> I started a little series on my on my YouTube of basic explanation uh and the goal is to keep it extremely basic i don't talk i don't even name the muscles individually nothing like that right it's bicep do this do this um and one of the things i just did was uh the importance of cables and i had a guy answer back and say well i found that i still needed a barbell to start and this and that and i'm like well actually if you've seen any of my videos i still use dumbbells and barbells and all that but the addition of the controlled constant tension of a cable is where my arm started to grow. I didn't throw away the basics because they work for me, but I realized I would do, I'll do one dumbbell variation and then I'll go sit on the cable. I joke with, uh, I joke with Tommy. I'm like, all right, we're going to finish the rest of our workout right here. Yeah, we've, I've done that before. I've done arm workouts on a double pulley. (laughs) Yeah. I need these two. I'm not going to actually, 35 minutes from now, we're going to leave this pulley fucked. (laughs) I actually did arms with Bukowski one time in Germany at the McFit. Oh, God. I've been there. You know, the crazy McFit that's got like 200 fucking people in it and you can't do anything. Yeah. And I walked in and I literally was like, oh, my God, I can't train. 
like this isn't you can't there's nowhere it's to like train us. yeah and there was this one fucking double pulley like a sliding pulley yep and i like went over to it. i was going to do arms and i was standing there like holding on to it like <laughs> this is mine wrapped his leg around it it's mine and i started warming up with rope hammers and press downs right i was going to superset buys and tries and ben walks over to me he's got this look on his face like oh fuck like he's like you're doing arms I go, yeah. And he's like, yeah, I'm doing arms too. Can I do arms on this pulley with you as well? On these two pulleys? This one adjustable pulley? Yeah. It was funny. We didn't move. Man, we didn't move. Did the whole, did like four tricep, four bicep, all supersetted. Did like. Your thir- arms were blown the fuck out though. Yeah, we did like 30 sets of arms in like 45 minutes on that double pulley. That's but you get it done, man. You got a question? You can go ahead. Yeah, one sec. Boom. Had to answer a client. Call after. I I never turn the phone off, actually. I just mute it. Uh, (laughs) The shows, man, they're all all packed up right now. So it's like anybody who's within a couple of weeks is in emergency mode for me. I answer fast. Right, right. Okay, bum, bum, bum. Okay, podcast. Clean my phone out. Go ahead. Okay, this is good. Um, do you think being a high level athlete before being a bodybuilder is important? Uh, I think it's a huge benefit and I don't know what high level means. I would just say highly competitive. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily have to be high level cause I got into bodybuilding young, but I often think that it's very, very hard to teach someone how to train really hard. Like, yeah. um, if they have never run for their life. Right. And I often think that the people that have run metaphorically run for their life, whether it be, you know, football or hockey or whatever sport where they just, you know, you have those moments where there's that guy going down the field with the ball and you're the only, you're the closest one chasing him. Right. And you think I have to run as fast as I possibly fucking can and I don't care if I fall on my face and skin my face and blah, blah, right. blah. Like just that sort of I have to run at all costs um, experience because that's the same place you go during a set of squats or a big set of deadlifts or what have you. And I think right. people that have never had those experiences and maybe they got it some other way, like maybe they busted their ass on the farm or – you know, they ran from the cops every fucking day of their life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's there's something in some people where you say, go as hard as you can, and they go, Okay, I know what that right. means. Yeah, it's a stretch. That means I'm a I'm gonna fucking go and you're gonna lift this weight off of me and I get it. Mm-hmm. Right? That's so much easier to handle uh off the bat. There's just they can it's like they just get like it's like skipping a grade. No, I agree. I think it's also comes down to, um, and like you said, it doesn't have to be sports, but once you've learned that hard, consistent work equals the results you want, it becomes really simple. Like, in fact, I find with bodybuilding, the hard, the, the biggest learning curve for me was understanding that working harder, longer, wasn't always better. Because right. my mentality was always, well, if the other guy will work 10 hours, I'll work 12 and I will win. 
Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And in bodybuilding, that does not equate, but it did, it does to the fact of, okay, since I'm only allowed quote to work this much, then I have to work at the absolute highest level, not just of intensity, but, um, efficiency, making sure your body is moving the weight the way it's supposed to. And I think that clicked over from other sports because I did, I just learned that, you know, okay, the, I was never the most talented at anything I've ever done. Um, but I was always one of the very best because I learned that like, okay, we'll just fucking work harder. There's (laughs) a, a certain skill. Um, I'd say, I'd say the skill that high level bodybuilders lack a lot of us lack and would benefit from is um, a skill that I notice in a lot of collegiate and Olympic level athletes, people that are on that sort of path, Mm -hmm. they value and understand recovery much better than a lot of bodybuilders do. Right. And and, uh, say someone who's on like the Olympic basketball team or whatever, Olympic fucking track and field team. Right. If they have an injury, they deal with it properly. Yep. And they deal with it right fucking now. And they deal with it till it's completely defeated. And then they go about their way. Yep. And, and even that I, part is done in a way to make sure that they correctly get to full potential. Yeah. Yeah. And I obviously that's <clears throat> that's always been a struggle with with bodybuilders and it's like that sort of that Achilles heel of having, you know, this sort of desperation work ethic. Um, I think most of us have a really hard time dealing with injuries properly because we always want to get back at it. We feel like we're always pinched for time. We don't want to give up workouts to the other guys. You know, we have shows and deadlines and, you know, there's all that crazy stuff that we feel all the pressure of in, in, in bodybuilding. Um, I, I see the athletes in those disciplines and I think, fuck, you know, that that's, that's something we should be better at. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's something I really failed at on a lot of levels when I was competing was just dealing with injuries. I would deal with them sort of. Well, I think the other problem is though is, uh, and, it, and it's back to what you said about Dorian, his g- the reason for going to the gym. Uh, I think a lot of us also, we just love to train. Yeah, that's the problem. So the problem becomes often, well, with an injury, obviously, you shouldn't. But even with just day-to-day, it's like I, I'm off today and I'm exhausted and I need to be off. And when we get off the show and I get done eating another meal, I'm going to wish I could go train. Yeah. So you just have to remind yourself, what do you want more, the result or the training? Because yeah. if you train seven days a week the way that we train, even if you don't get injured, you're going to limit your potential. So you're right. It's very that that was always, you know, what's crazy. And I I know I've said this as well, if I have on the show. So when I had my hernias done uh, in 2008, um, I had hernia surgery and I was the biggest I'd ever been when I went in. I was 286, pretty, you know, soft, but 286. And uh, the way I had three hernias done in one day, they uh, um, I was out for 12 weeks. I didn't train. I didn't do anything. And of course, I'm terrible student. I ate like shit. I got fat and small. Right. Um, when I was finally released to go full bore, 12 weeks later, I was 292. 
the best I had ever been. And every little joint wiggle, niggle pain was gone. And yeah. I remember thinking, if I had the freaking discipline to take eight weeks off straight every year, 12 weeks off straight every year, I wonder how good I'd be. Probably pretty good. And then I'd go, well, that's never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but man, what a great idea. <laughs> okay. I got some good questions here. Shoot. Um, okay. Where was the one? Okay. Uh, here's one. Trying to stay lean post-show before my off-season starts in five weeks. But I'm starving. What do you suggest I do? Well, number one, if, if, if I'm assuming that this person is peeled um, based purely on the answer. Post-show. Yeah, post-show and starving. Um, start bringing food in, and I think you'll be super surprised if you don't eat like an asshole that you'll just get better. And you won't get fat. I mean, slowly. Remember, you're you're reintroducing food. But if you do it slowly, I've found when I do that, sometimes, and I'm going to say this, I'm going to regret it when my clients make me eat shit on it. Did it on the stage at one point. You don't. Yeah. Huge but, thing. <laughs> huge agreement. But you'll think you do. <laughs> you look So you look better in the gym on chest day in a tank top. Exactly. So it's understanding that, that difference. That, hey, Ron, I, hey, Ron, I look better now. No, you don't. You look better in the gym training chest in a tank top. Yeah. Your glutes have more water on them. Your quads aren't as tight. You're not you're you don't look better. Yeah. But if you keep that in mind, you can come up and you can air quote look better in the gym while not starving and still find yourself in a great place to start that offseason kickoff in five weeks. So I sort of, I always, with questions like this, I always look at the wording. I probably picked the wording apart too much. I think there's too much information. <laughs> Analyzing. Right? You know? So it says, trying to stay lean post-show before my offseason starts in five weeks. So that gives me an impression that in five weeks' time when their offseason is supposed to start, they're just going like, to drop the hammer and eat a bunch of food. Right. Which and, my, <laughs> and my opinion is, why don't you just slowly up your food now? Just slowly up your food. Get your weight moving. Get yourself going in the gym. Your off-season doesn't need to start in five weeks. You're technically already in your off-season. Yeah. Your post-show, that's part of your off-season. Like, yeah, what you're doing now is off-season. <laughs> he probably means off-season cycle. Right. But that doesn't mean that you can't bring your body up to a real good spot right now. That's another people limit themselves because they're on or off drugs or they're cruising or not cruising and stuff like that. But you, the mentality should always be the same. Right. You know, I what like like one of my favorite quotes is uh, I can't remember which video it is because, you know, there's so many Jay Cutler collage videos, those compilations. <laughs> around. You know, Machiavelli has all those great Jay Cutler ones. But there's one where Jay said, I never once went to the gym without the intention of getting bigger, even if I was a week out from the show. Right. Ever. Once. Ever. And I was like, that's, that, I totally get that. Yeah. You know, that's why I do forced reps, like, chronically. <laughs> <laughs> like, every workout for my entire life. Yeah, exactly. It's a forced reps, you know? You were supposed to just be showing them how to do this, Tricep yeah, kickback, yeah. but now you're doing a working set and you're having him assist you. <laughs> Give me one. Give me one more. <laughs> How is this helping me learn? <laughs> yeah. 
How is I hear I hear uh, Ralph Wakeham's voice? How is this helping you learn? <laughs> no, but I but I, I actually I see what you're saying because it's true. Like your off season begins the day after the show. Yeah, that's what you do with the time, and I get like I I think in the opposite direction. Like I do tell my people like we start we start a time period where as soon as their body starts fighting back, I'm like okay we're gonna we're gonna let off. We're not gonna train so hard. But they're on a plan the whole time. And there is a method to when we do the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. That never stops. And another thing, too, is your body can still move forward not training at 100%. Because if you're in that post-show window where your body's like in this ultra recovery kind of rebound thing, I've seen guys go in and switch over to pump workouts and still blow up post-show and look great. Yeah. Like they're like, yeah, I'm not even training hard right now. I'm doing like pump workouts, but their body is so like just in a good spot. You know, it's people super, always super uh, compensating and yeah. satiating every every extra calorie, saturation and all that stuff. Yeah, but yeah. So, okay, is it your keep turn, rolling, dude? I you keep rolling. I got my questions are a little weak. I'm I'm sorry, guys. You've disappointed. I'm not loving most of these. Here's <laughs> one. Can you guys discuss any apprehension or steps you took? to get reliable gear when you started? Well, it's just a different era back then, wasn't it? Yeah, I was going to say, here, here's the thing. I mean, and for me, I was in a really weird era. So when I started, we still had all those Florida compounding places. I used to make a phone call and put it on a credit card and write it off on my taxes. <laughs> like, so, I mean, yeah, it was illegal what they were doing. But me as a patient of this place, I wasn't doing anything wrong. I was ordering my prescription, truthfully, and I know there's people listening to this that don't know what I'm talking about. They, I was ordering prescription medications with a prescription sent to my house. The right. only difference back then, which I, which I knew made it shady, was I would call and be like, all right, I need two bottles of Sipinate. And the guy, you know, he'd look at my blood work and, okay, cool. And I'd be like, but what is the price if I get 10? <clears throat> right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, that was, you know, and there was obviously, uh, the, it, it was essentially a drug deal that was legal on my end. And eventually I knew they'd burn down. Um, but outside of that, man, I, this happens to me all the time. So I'm terrible advice. I have clients that say, Hey, I know you can't direct me, but have you ever heard of this? And I'm like, no, sorry. And I really haven't. And I feel like they're reading my email back thinking I'm being a dick. I, how, how do I say this? How I go about getting things in a legal manner, you can't do. Right. <laughs> so, so I can't really help on this one. Right. See, you know, back in the day when I started, everything was pretty much uh, legit European stuff that was somehow smuggled in. Right. And I used to hear the stories too all the time. Like, you know, I hear, I remember this one guy I used to get my gear off. He said that all the gear, He's like, oh, yeah, um, I know a diplomat from Pakistan, and he just comes right through the Montreal International Airport with a briefcase full of amps, and they don't check nothing because he's a diplomat. He just walks right through thousands of amps just stuffed in this giant briefcase, and then he <laughs> sends it all out to my guy, and here we are. And that's the stuff that I remember that's when I used to get stuff back in, like, you know, the early 90s. That's a story I remember hearing. So it that is, was that was a different world, though, like that I think about when you look at – you know, guys are ordering online and they're getting it sent in toothpaste containers and all this 
Weird yeah, well, I remember shit. all those days too. Guys getting stuff sent and they'd they'd order stuff online. It would come from Europe and it would be like inside a speaker. Yeah, they'd take the speaker apart and all the gear be inside. Yeah, I remember a oh, friend of mine like, had got uh, D ball shipped to him and he's like, "You got to see how this comes." So I go over to his place and it's uh God, this is terrible because you guys want to know what this is, but it's a DVD case, and where the DVD goes is all the pink pills. And it's sealed, and on the outside are discs taped to it. So if it right. goes through a metal detector or anything, you see the disc, both sides. Yeah. Underneath of it, D-ball. And I was like, that's, that's creative. <laughs> yeah. So it, yeah, I, to, I don't know a way to, to tell someone about the apprehension other than, I mean, let's be obvious. Chances are you know someone who's using something and understand eventually you're going to get fucked. Mm-hmm. You know, what's yeah. really sucks, though, if you know what's in the products you're buying is your test that you're paying 60, 80, 100 dollars for costs the guy about four bucks to make. Um, so I've always the only thing I've always wondered, besides maybe not being able to get the raws, is why your markup is so enormous. Why would you fuck people <laughs> like I just don't get it? <laughs> like, for You know me, my business brain comes on and I'm like, well, that's not going to help your longevity of your company. <laughs> right, right. I'm trying to make this guy's yeah. illegal drug dealing business a a business <laughs> plan. Yeah, there, there was there wasn't really any apprehension back then. I mean, we knew there were fakes out there, but we all had the book, the anabolic reference guide that had oh, like God, I remember that all we the sell pages it. in the back that would say like you know make sure the stamp, make sure the lot number is stamped on the box. You should be able to feel the texture. You know, right. if it's printed on the box, it's counterfeit. So, you know, we'd get our boxes and we'd feel them. Oh, yeah, they're stamped on. Oh, fuck, these are all good. And we would just automatically think they were all good. And, you know, oh, yeah. never even crossed our mind that the counterfeiter might come up with a stamp. Yeah, yeah. He might also have the book and go, okay, so I need to yeah, stamp. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we just, we just assumed everything we were getting was good. And then I remember when we started getting shit, fake shit. I remember there was like. Just suddenly, you know, the dealer at the gym who used to bring cases of test bottles of test in from the vet. He had this like all of a sudden, the, instead of being the little green bottles of probe, which we all used to buy, there were these yellow bottles of enanthate and they were different. And right. then everyone thought they were shit. And we're yeah. like, oh, fake stuff has arrived at our gym. Because I remember we were we used to joke like, oh, we don't get fake stuff around here. Right. <laughs> and then all of a sudden there's the chosen ones, the chosen ones. Yeah. It's just funny. And then you see the counter and then the counterfeit market got bad. And then and then it got real bad. And then it got to the point where, you know, there was only a couple guys that could get real European shit or good vet stuff. <laughs> and it started to get ex more expensive. And then that's when, of course, the free market fixes itself. And that's when the Raws came in and the underground scene exploded it was right around 2000. Yeah. Everyone started making their own shit. You know, the Tokyo stuff showed up. Remember all those, all that garbage? Yeah. It? Did you ever, uh, did you ever try a uh, Sid group with a little uh, um, kangaroo on it? No, I didn't. Oh my god! So I got some of that, and I used it was so bad because I was also poor. So once I committed my hundred dollars, I was it was this is happening. Uh, <laughs> every single time I would take a shot, it would go red, it would swell a little. I'd have a fever for two days. I could barely eat. And all I could think of is, in five more days, I have to do this again. Oh, the worst, yeah. <laughs> and I, and I, I wouldn't stop. I can't, and I don't have the money to buy it again. So here we go. I have two bottles of this. I do one a week. That's 20 weeks. Son of a bitch, it's a long 20 weeks. <laughs> oh, man. 
<laughs> I just used to, like when you look back now and you're like, how do I still have a shoulder? Like, how did it not melt off? And like, yeah, obviously I was poisoning myself every time and I just kept doing it because you've got to have the gains, but you're not eating for two days after each one. Hmm. Yeah. That's I, not really going to work. I, I did knew find- a guy. I knew <laughs> a guy who broke an amp. He broke an amp and, and, I, and he sucked it, sucked the sustenon out of it. And then he goes, yeah, I could see this little thing floating in there, but I thought, oh, what the hell? And he like shot into his shoulder. And then he had like a really bad, like red, you know, horrible rejection. Oh. And they, they cut his shoulder open and drained it out. And while the doctor was actually opened his shoulder, was like wiping it out. Like it was disgusting. Yeah. He actually wiped and he said that like so much shit had drained out of his shoulder. He said the doctor had like taken it was just disgusting. And after like 20 minutes of constantly just draining, the doctor was like cleaning the wound. And he holds up this his this like rag glass. or whatever. And there's a little piece of glass. He goes, there's a little piece of glass in your shoulder. And he looks at it. And he's like, oh, my God, that's what was in the fucking I. And then he said he felt so fucking stupid. But the <laughs> fact that it didn't like just go missing the yeah, fact somehow that somehow the doctor actually, actually pulled like, that piece out <laughs> he just sitting there and he just like small enough to go through this. a 23 gauge needle or a, who knows he might have used a bigger one but right yeah it was just enough that the, you could see is like this looks like a little piece of glass you know <laughs> this this that you looked at and said oh well this is what fucked you <laughs> yeah, be careful oh, I, I i did get one here that uh is actually good a guy said uh did you ever enter the gym and say not today and leave? And he says Jay did. Yes. I remember reading that Dorian possessed the ability to do that. And it was like, you know, I remember Dorian saying that, you know, he had no problem with warming up. And if it didn't feel right and there's something wrong, we just go home, come back the next day. And uh, so I remember always having that in my head that that was like something that, you know, Dorian had the ability to do. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember one day I went in and I was warming up on the incline with the barbell and just an empty barbell, man, my fucking elbow, like I couldn't even press an empty bar. It was just out <clears throat> of the blue, sudden. Right. And I thought, well, I should just go home. You know, I put a plate on and did a few reps and thought, holy shit, this hurts. I can't even believe what's wrong with my elbow. And uh, I thought I was going to tear a tricep tendon or something if I put, like, any weight on the bar more than that. Right. So I just went home. And I called my chiropractor, went in, and had a bunch of ART and Graston done to my tricep. Right. And um, went back, like, 48 hours later, zero pain, inclined three plates, boom, 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 boom. Right. So, yeah, just, you know, and I, it was so bad. I remember it was so bad that I thought I didn't even want to do dumbbell flies. Oh, that, like, yeah. Really so you knew. hurt. Yeah. Right. So the try, you know, so yeah. But I remember leaving the gym that day. I was there for like 20 minutes and I was like, I'm just going to go home. So I have done it. But yeah. not often. Yeah, I, I would say I probably should have done it more times than I have. Um, but purely because the not because I got injured, but I was just off. Yeah. Um, the only difference uh, is the majority of times that I have not done that in the past um, I had a lifestyle like most of you listening. I only had one chance to go to the gym. And if I didn't go then, I didn't get to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have had moments now um, where it's been time to go to the gym. And maybe I'm, I'm engulfed in work. 
And to be quite honest with you guys, I think a lot of people forget that the business of bodybuilding is actually not the gym for me. Um, so I couldn't walk away from my work to go train. And I knew if I did, it wouldn't be a great workout because I needed my focus wasn't going to be 100 in there. So now there's many times where that will happen and I just push my workout back. So it's not that my joints don't feel right or whatever. I just know my head won't be there if I go. Yeah. So I don't. Um, whereas in the past, that would have been a tough shit. Let's go knock this thing out and do the best we can. Okay. I'm going to uh, I'm going to take a piss break. Great. I'll be here. Exactly. I was like, I'll just talk to myself. I do it all the time anyways when I need expert opinion. Of course you do. <laughs> Peter Scott goes, I, I walk away from it. I turn around and Rod is left. I said, I just got sick of talking to him without a hat on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I shaved my head for my birthday dinner. You know, I figured Emily was taking me to a fancy restaurant. I didn't want to look like uh, she goes, you can't wear a hat. So I knew she meant business. Wow. And she actually went out of her way. She's like, can't wear a hat tonight. I'm like, oh, great. So it's a dress up place. So I have to wear my fancy jeans. Do I have to wear pants? <coughs> so I, I, like, that, so I'm like, I always ask him, like, do I have to wear jeans? Like someone yeah. said, I go somewhere. I'm like, do I have to wear jeans? Like, do I have to wear jeans? Yes. That means, that means dress up. And then I go, do I get to wear my new ACDC t shirt? She's like, no, you have to wear a like, plain black t shirt. <laughs> like, I can like, still I wear a t shirt, right? Yeah, it's still t shirt. You're not going to make me button anything, are you? Because this is. She goes, you know, you have all those really, really cool suits that you bought for MCing. And I'm like, uh, I get paid to wear those. <laughs> are you going to give me money? <laughs> That's not going to happen. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, uh, we, we didn't mention, but I was 45 this week. I said 42 just a minute ago. Look at me just refusing to make you older. Yeah. I thought you were just, I actually thought you were just kidding. No, I actually thought that that, like, I don't know why. In my head, you're 42, which is, I guess, is good. Unlike me. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm so fucking polite. Because <laughs> I'm known to just be so soft, especially with friends. <laughs> yeah. How was that? How, where did you, let me tell you something that disappoints me about you now that we're on to your birthday and you're disappointing me. Uh, so you guys it's go to this like dinner. Yeah, I am basically, but mine's super shallow. Um, number one, you go to this dinner. It's a great dinner. Yeah. I see your picture with the eyelashes and shit that Emily posted, oh, yeah. which was yes. glorious. Yes. Very sexy. Yeah. Um, you never let me know what you eat. I never get to see the food. Uh, I like the food. Like you don't have to put it in your post like I do. Cause I know that most people don't give a fuck. But I watch your stories, and I want to know what is Ron eating on his birthday. What was the dessert? Yeah. Was it a cake? Was it? I'm yes. waiting. I'm waiting. I mean, I know what you had for the second dessert, and I know you can't post pictures of Emily, but <laughs> <laughs> the one at the restaurant, I would have liked to know. Yes, it was. It was a, a margarita pizza, and oh. then and then it was a amazing. She took me to this modern Italian joint, so it was like really nice, really nice modern Italian. So it wasn't the traditional stuff, which I also love. But it was this amazing spaghetti bowl with all these different types of sausage in it and beef. And it was fucking delicious. It was like the best bowl of pasta I've had in years. It was really good. And it was fucking big. It took me a while to champion that one down, man. I had to like sit back like. Ooh, you had to do the deep breath. I had to do the deep <clears throat> breath a few times. I had my fork on the edge of the plate, so like the the server came around a couple times. She's like, "Are you done with that?" I'm like, "No, no, no. I'm, I'm not a quitter. 
I'm not a quitter. Yeah. You gave me a, you didn't tell me the pizza was, I ordered the margarita pizza as like a starter, but it was like this big. And then the bowl of pasta came and I was like, oh fuck, I'm in trouble. I like, so and, you, uh, you always, you're just like me though. You stick with the old, the old faithful. Like I if there's a margarita down. pizza or flatbread, it's, it's. Well, I had to test them out. I had to tell this. I love that shit. So yeah, it was great. And then the dessert was chocolate cake with vanilla ice cream, mm. which is my favorite. You know. Are there any, are there any pictures on your phone of any of this? No, man. We were having a aside from Emily doing the fancy story where she made me look like a chick. Yeah. Um, we pro- we had a, a we had a a lot of surgery would be required. <laughs> we um, we had a, an, a phone free dinner, so that was our. I just like apologize. Phone free date. Phone free date. I took my mother to dinner recently, and I I told her I was like, "Hey, ma." She goes, "I know." <laughs> and I just, I was like, move, your, move, move, move that. I got to like direct the table. I'm like, your get your purse out of the picture. Move that. Mom, lean back. She's like, Jesus. I'm like, I'm paying for dinner. Move, move it. Okay. <laughs> she goes, do people actually care? I'm like, I don't think so. But I like to pretend they do. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> no, we, we, we kept our phones in our pockets for uh, over three hours for our entire date. But then right like while we're, while we're in the middle of eating, Emily goes, I have to do one story. And I was like, it's okay. It's about me, so it's all I right. Freaking, I freaking love that she's like, I know we have a deal, but. But I need to make you look like a woman. Um, I got a question for you. Shoot. Um, do either of you do uh, stretching or dynamic warm-ups before you train? No. Uh, I, do, I, do, uh, I do my massage gun. I'm completely against stretching. Before you train, if you do your homework, you are too. Um, flossing is actually okay. Um, I don't do a ton of that anymore. I probably should get back to it. Uh, but right now, I literally rely on my massage gun. Uh, and, and that has made a world of difference, though. Like, I remember I used to go into the gym and stretch. I had to really stretch before legs and make sure everything was open and moving. And I understood on paper that it would weaken me, but getting hurt would also weaken me. So I decided I would go the smart route. I tell people, and you know, cause I've more or less arm barred you into buying yours, that the massage gun is worth everything and more than you pay for it, no matter which one you get. Yeah. So I get asked about stretching a lot. Now my answer is stretch. Yeah. My, my answer on stretching isn't a total no. It's a, it's a, it's a know what you're doing. Hey, mm-hmm. that's a good line. It's not a no to know what you're doing. Um, I might have to use that one next time. So like for like example on chest day, you know, let's say we're starting chest day. I'll, I'll grab, you know, some light dumbbells and I'll do a bunch of laterals front, front side overhead press just to get my shoulder joints moving full of blood, do some arm circles lubed. Yeah. Before I even do any chest warm ups, it's my shoulders. I'm trying to warm up because I, you know, Mm -hmm. I want to try to keep them healthy. So I warm up my shoulders really good. Um, and then let's say I start with a hammer incline or something, I'll throw a plate on, pump out 20 really good reps, you know, make sure I get things moving. I will do some light, like just opening up. Like I'm not really stretching, like I'm not pushing at all. I'm just like, just leaning into both sides, just making sure I'm not tight Mm -hmm. in a bad way. You still want your muscle to be, you know, tight in a good way, but I will do some 
and and I'm not holding them like 30 seconds aside and pull like nothing like that. It's just like almost, almost just like into it, back out, into it. So a little bit dynamic. I do a little bit of that for each body part when I'm starting out, but I don't really consider it stretching uh, right. by any means. Um, and then once I got a great pump and I'm near the end of the workout. So like yesterday for quads, we did, you know, brutal leg presses, a bunch of pendulum squats. And then we did a, a rest pause and a triple drop on the extension. We just went nuts on the extension. Right. Um, so while we were doing the rest pause and the triple drop, like I think I did my rest pause first and then the other guys were going, that's when I started stretching out my quads. Right. And I started like leaning into them, getting my, my heel to touch my glute, you know, leaning back. Really, that really. The workout's almost impossible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, just like really trying to, you know, stretch them out. And then I did my drop set and then I was done quads and I did a bit more stretching, but it was all at the very tail end. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that has to do with making sure my range of motion and my bad knee stays the same as a good knee, you know, mm-hmm. making like that sort of shit. But yeah, um, the stretching making you weaker is something you need to be aware of. You know, if you do some really hard stretches, you actually drain a lot of explosive power for yeah. a certain amount of time. I don't remember what the study said, but it's a certain amount of time. Yeah. And I know that, like you said, you did nail it. Like you have to be loose enough to train. But I, I do more, like you said, warming up, not stretching. Yeah. You know? So the shoulders, like, like for example, we, we never start on a press anymore. I start on a fly. I start on a, on a fly press, something that opens up, and it's slow. You know, I'll be up to 120 pounds on a fly press, dumbbells. Yeah. But I, start, I might do two sets of 15 with 40s, then, and I inch time. my way up. Like yeah. that's the one thing that, that I've found and I'm happy that I get agreements with people who I listen to their information as well as the light warmups, they're sets. You know what I mean? I mean, they're not, but I mean, 15 reps. But as I get closer, like if I'm going to say I'm getting up to 120 pound dumbbell for my working set, I don't go from a 90 to a 120. I'll do a 110 for one rep. Right. Okay. I felt it. Like I know what that is versus, you know, so it's 90 or 105. And then I'm like, okay, I'm ready for the big ones. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, no active stretching. I do think when you're done training, you should stretch. You should take the time. And that's where most people don't. And they go, right. and you really shouldn't. It's kind of like the same reason I, I ask all my clients to do caps or abs before they train, because once they're gassed, it's easy to just say, ah, fuck, it's just calves and walk out. You know, I never like, did that. Like, it's funny because I literally hear all the time with people like, how do you get big calves? And I go, for most of you, it's uh, you train them because you don't. There's this guy at the gym, <laughs> this, this one guy at the gym, he's got great calves. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know him that well. I just say hi to him. But he's got great calves. And I walked past him the other day and he was telling some guys like, yeah, I'm going to start training my calves because everyone's telling me how good my calves are. And I figure if I start training them, I might be able to have really good calves. And I managed to not kill him. <laughs> it's it's classic that you say that because i literally in, the, in my video about how to make your calves grow uh the other day i said i do not advise going up to someone who has great calves and asking them how they got big calves what i suggest is going up to someone who had no calves and now has a little bit of calves and asking them how they did it <laughs> because most people and that's not to say that guys that have great calves don't hit them also but like my old man never lifted a weight in his life and he had huge calves. 
and they were perfect and they yeah. were diamond and I'm like you fucking dick what a waste you, you know you you know when someone you know when someone says to you uh you know when says to you oh yeah my dad's got big calves so that's where I got my calves from yeah I was like okay yeah yeah well this this uh this guy I know at work at the gym He's got good calves. Young kid got good calves. And he's like, yeah, my dad has big calves. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And then he pulls out a picture and, and like, shows me like a family photo. And his dad has like diamond blocks <laughs> and like round outside heads and small ankles. And then from the knee up, he's just a dad. Like standing in a group photo, just a normal dad. <laughs> you ever see that picture of Jason Hull and his daughter when she was like not even a year old? Yeah. And he's holding her and you can just see these little f- I'm like, this is not fair. Like, she's probably going to hate him at first because she's got these giant calves. Yeah, exactly. But then she'll learn to love him later when, you know, people comment so much on her muscular legs or whatever. Yeah, when she when she's, she's wearing like, high heels. It's like, what? When she's wearing high heels, on? yeah. That's yeah, funny. That's funny. <laughs> okay. I got another music question, Dusty. You know how Shoot. people fire those to me. So I got one. You get a life redo to come back as a musician of your choice. Who are you choosing? I'm trying to think of their life. This is what's happening in my brain right now. No, I know, because you start thinking, okay, well, who had a really shitty 30 years? As that's, a, that's, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, hold up. <laughs> I don't want to answer too quickly. <laughs> God, that is. It would be someone totally unexciting just because they had a normal life, right? Okay, I'm I'm gonna answer. And number one, you may not even know who this is. Uh, and number two, um, it'll be a surprising answer. But I would come back as uh, as Dirks Bentley, who is a local guy in Arizona. Who's reason I dig him is he got famous. He makes a shit ton of money. He owns a bunch of bars, um, but he literally is the same fucking guy. Like to the point that so he drove to Nashville with his dad in this beat up pickup truck that he still drives today. And people are like, you have money now. He's like, he literally would tell him, yeah, well, and it's funny. It's, it's actually in a song of his as well. But before the song was that, he would say, yeah, well, I drove we my dad and I drove this truck to Nashville when I was a nobody and I drove it home and he's not alive anymore. And it's like that connection, because that's so not me. Like I'd be like, I want it all. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you know, so I can respect somebody who doesn't lose an inch. And I know his life is calm. Because there's a reason I wasn't made a rock star, because I would be on a bender somewhere, arrested in jail. <laughs> like, I don't think I have the, uh, the ability to be that kind of talent, because bodybuilding, you have to keep yourself in line to be good at it. Yeah. It's the, it's <clears throat> the certain vices that get the good guys and wreck it for them. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's funny, but it's, it's terrible. Like I, I literally told Tommy the other day and he laughed cause he, he said, I think it's, I think we just named your autobiography. I said, I only love things that can kill me. Right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, Oh, the story of your life. <laughs> oh man. That's a good right. answer. All right, let's let's hear yours. So you would want it. You would want it. You would want to protect your sanity and your health by being a level-headed country yeah, singer. Yeah, yeah. I'm 
going the way I would go. Yeah, because I could probably make Ozzy Osbourne's decision seem seem pretty it's rather pretty reasonable. Good. Yeah. Pretty, yeah, pretty reasonable. <laughs> he wasn't that bad. You see what Dusty did when he came back as him. <laughs> so I I'm gonna throw one out just because uh, I, I I so you know with this Eddie Van Halen uh, rabbit hole I went down I went and rewatched. David Lee Roth's Rogan interview from about a year and a half ago. Right. And then I realized, much to my surprise, that there was actually a previous appearance that I, for some reason, didn't know about way back in like 2012, episode 333, like way long ago or whatever <laughs> it was. So I went back and watched that one. So I got a double dose of Diamond Dave. And if oh, you don't need to watch the first one, it's kind of funny how shitty the quality is. Like it's rope. <laughs> you can barely see their faces. It's so it's so like depixelated. You know what I mean? Right, like the yeah, lack yeah. of detail is amazing. It's like a real old webcam. And then the new one from last year is like obviously you know boom. Yeah, you're sitting there with them. <laughs> but anyways, David Lee Roth is. I, I, you have to watch. You'd have to watch it. It's a three-hour fucking interview, and they do not stop. And Joe is loving it because David Lee Roth is a fucking maniac. He is, he is one thousand percent rock star, right? His whole life, and yet he is so fucking interesting. Like you know, people say oh, that's the most interesting man in the world. Right. I actually think the most interesting man in the world is David Lee Roth. <laughs> he blew my mind on that podcast. I rewatched it a few times. I just let it play in the background while I'm like cooking food and doing, you know, just fucking whatever. I just let it play. And a couple of times, Emily's like, who is this? Cause she'd like, she'd like, <laughs> she'd, only, she'd only hear a little bit. She's like, what the fuck is going he'd on? Be telling a, he'd be telling a story. And after the story's over, she'd come out of the bedroom and look at me and go, who is this? I'm like, it's David Lee Roth. She's like, still? Cause it's like a three hour interview, right? So let me give you a hint. Let me give you a hint about how interesting he is. So he just thinks to himself, I'd like to, I've always liked martial arts because he's always been into martial arts and Kung Fu and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I like martial arts. I think I'm going to go live in Japan for a while. No plan. Don't know anybody. Just going to buy a ticket, get an apartment, study some martial arts, get a Japanese teacher. Just have some fun. Lives there for like years masters japanese gets a sword becomes a katana sword guy so he's got a teacher and he's like the art of the sword so he's like david lee roth is a fucking samurai sword master like i don't know master he doesn't have like the whatever designation but he's been doing it for a long long time he'll cut you to fucking bits with a katana (laughs) and He's got Japanese instructor. He speaks Japanese. He lived there. He's like, oh, Sakamaka. He's just rattling on, making Joe laugh. Crazy motherfucker. Then, because he wanted to help people and do something productive, he became an EMT. And he worked full time, 40 hours a week, as an EMT in New York City for five summers in a row. <laughs> Being worth millions and millions and millions of dollars. So How many people recognized him when, they, when he would pull he up? He said on he them? only had a couple people recognize him because they're usually, you know, he's David Lee Roth. He's dressed in an EMT outfit. But he said that he actually had to go to Ozfest one time. Oh, God. Because like, they, were, they were, you know, Ozfest was on. So the yeah. paramedics were there, right? And he, they're like, oh, yeah, we got you on the Ozfest schedule. And he's like, oh, fuck. Okay. Working Ozfest. 
So David Lee Roth was working Ozfest as a paramedic, and he's some kid over D O D or something, and they wake the kid up in the in the back of the bus, and he looks at him, and he's like, "You're David Lee Roth." He like, <laughs> I think I was already dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can't, this can't be real. Plus, David Lee Roth looks a bit like he's still got that wacky face, like. You know, yeah. when he talks, like his mouth is huge. He's just so That's crazy. Like, like, I don't feel like I could not know him. He, yeah. So I guess but, if you see someone out of character, like if you see someone in the gym and you see him at, at a dinner and they walk up to you, you're like, why do I know you? Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I learned how to rock climb because we were, you know, I, I decided to start climbing the outside of the hotels when we were in Spain because there's lots of stone. So I learned how to rock climb in Spain. We would throw rock, ropes out the window and we'd rock climb up the wall of the hotel. That's how I learned how to use all the gear and. Just like crazy shit. He's he's just a fascinating motherfucker. Like I just I wanna know those. How do you how do, how do you be like you're in Japan, you're like that was cool. We're gonna go become an EMT now. <laughs> yeah. Work work my summers in New York City. And you know, he's and he's saying, Oh, I was so Joe's like, You're just working as a paramedic. He's like, Oh, I was somebody. Somebody clean the truck. <laughs> And I imagine that there's probably a certain amount of that that people like him actually would be really happy to get. Yeah. They've had their balls licked by so many fucking people that to just be part of something where they're normal or they're below someone else. Like, hey, Roth, go clean up the puke. Yeah. Like he probably a certain amount of days like, fuck, yeah, I'm going to go clean that puke up. Like, I don't know. It's just weird. <laughs> no, I actually I actually get that because even in bodybuilding, you know, this is true. Like in the bubble, you're somebody. Yeah. So when, if someone were to meet you like back in the day when like, let's say in your in, when you were competing and everyone in bodybuilding knew Ron Partlow right. and then you met a girl and she was like, oh, yeah, I met some big guy. He was cool. Like, that's a bonus that she has no idea who you are. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Something about that. You're like, ah, oh, well, that's interesting. I like that, you know? Yeah. But so there, but those are just a couple examples. Like, moving to Japan to learn Japanese and, and the art of the sword, becoming an EMT in New York City, just punching the clock, like, showing up for the <laughs> night shift, you know? Yeah, like, that, that's so hardcore, though, too, because you have to admit, like, when you've had those jobs, you drag your ass out of bed. Yeah, you have to because you got to pay your bills. He doesn't. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, craziness. Talk about throwing yourself in it because I'll be honest. Like I could see myself being like, "This will be a good idea." And like a weekend, I'm like, "This is dumb." But I, 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 uh, I just thought it was fascinating. You know, the willingness to learn. So that's the bottom line. He keeps saying to Joe over and over and over. He's like, "Don't ever think there's nothing you can't learn from somebody else." Right. Everyone has something to teach you. Everyone you encounter in life has a lesson that you can learn, too. And uh, anyways, he was just so fascinating. I thought, man, to live that motherfucker's life would be interesting because you get you get the best of the 70s. You get you the very, very best of the 80s. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get to be rich and famous and free during the 90s. He wasn't even in Van Halen. Right. So he got to just do whatever the fuck he wanted. <laughs> you know, then you get to come around at the end, join the band again and do a couple farewell tours. That'd be a fucking That's brilliant career. Crazy. God, this that is funny. Dude. But if, if you want to, like, just have your eyebrows go up about 30 times, just listen to that David Lee Roth interview in the background. Just let it play. 
I've and got to now. The way he speaks is like it's he's he's different. <laughs> he's different. Well, well, different also describes how he got to be who he is. So <laughs> yeah. said I, I never ever doubted that I was going to be a rock star, but I never once considered whether I was actually any good. Dude, that's the greatest quote of all time. <laughs> that's literally a phenomenal quote. It's like I just did it. I didn't ever stop to think whether I should be doing it or was qualified to do it. Any of that stuff. So, a lesson for everybody in that. That is so wacky. I, I, we could have a freaking. I could just listen to you talk. We could have you explain to me what happened on the podcast rather than no, me. No, listening we can't to do it. that. We can't. We can't <laughs> send them over. Got to send them over. <laughs> Hey, Dusty, what do you think? It was a solid week. I think uh, I think now the, the biggest takeaway for me for this is I got to call Akeem and get him on the show because I feel dumb I haven't asked him yet. So I sent Akeem a message. Did you do that while we were going? No, I sent him one. Actually, actually, I sent Akeem a message last week, but he hasn't seen it yet. I looked and it's he didn't leave me on red. Just didn't That's see good. it. So maybe you can get through to him. Yeah, I'm sure. No, I'm sure. Like a week out from the show, he probably didn't even look at his fucking phone or his Instagram. But um, uh, yeah, we'd love to get him on. Yeah. So no, I'd like to people to know who uh, who he is a little more too, because that's one thing I and I'm terrible. I don't consume a lot of content, but um, I don't think people know Akeem other than being a freak. Yeah, he's been with Oscar for a few years now, and they really work well together. Because his body's invincible. Well, plus Oscar's got a gym in his basement, so Corona was okay, you know. <laughs> exactly, they were set for sure. Yeah. But no, yeah, so, solid interview, solid day. I'm uh, stoked for this week, and uh, and to see what uh, what updates we're gonna we're gonna make some big some big splashes here now with our with our planning of the show that I think people are gonna dig as well. Oh so. yeah, I'm excited about it too. I'm excited about it too. Want to have some fun with the show? Let us know what you guys think. Remember to like, share, subscribe. And comment. And then you got to hit the bell. Also, in your comments, guys, one thing that we have not been doing is we forget is if you're not on Instagram and things like that, feel free to comment your thoughts on things in the show in our comments. We'll be taking a look at them and kind of we might bring things back up in follow up episodes. So if you have a comment about the episode, like or or your thoughts on David Lee Roth or whatever, like fire those in (laughs) because, you know, I don't know if I'm going to listen to the thing for three hours, but I will read your guys comments. So. Yeah, I play a lot of Rogan in the background, so it's easy for me to get that done. <laughs> okay, thanks, Dusty. And no uh, appreciate everyone listening. We uh, Also, uh, ideas for guests, too. Because, you know, we've got a lot of people that we've talked to about coming on, but uh, don't be afraid to throw up who you'd like to see and why. You know, they might be easy to get on. Who knows? All right, man. Till next Ready? time. It's just bodybuilding.